Yo, this hot, this the spot, there it is, pod.com. We're interviewing the best comedians, so tune in quick and get your ears receiving them. We're talking about life and life to stream right to you from the microphone right to your home, dude. Side note, this might get embarrassing, but no, don't sweat, yo, because there it is. Welcome to the There It Is podcast, a comedy podcast to help you find your inspiration. I'm your host, Jason Farr. Let's do this. Thanks so much for joining me here. Really, really great chat today. It is with multidisciplinary artist and actor Tally Medell, who is fantastic. But first, I wanted to talk about something that uh, is near and dear to our heart. The newsletter is three years old now. I can't believe we just had our three-year anniversary of the newsletter. If you're not signed up for this Comedy Lifestyle newsletter, do it. It's free and comes out every Monday. It's designed for comedians and artists and creatives. We have tips on comedy, life, and more. So sign up for that on our website. There it is, pod.com. Also go to podcastawards.com and nominate us for Best Comedy Podcast and best podcast hopefully we will get nominated this year and then people will vote for us that's what that's the hope well let's get right to today's episode it's a really great chat we talk about acting clown cocoon central dance team which we love and being in everything everywhere all at once tally plays becky in the film the girlfriend of the daughter is fantastic in it so we talk a little bit about that there's a lot of great advice in here, which is actually how this talk starts with Tally giving me a little pep talk. So let's get right to it. Here's my chat with Tally Medell. Okay, listen, no matter what, it sounds like you know exactly what it is you want. And that's really the most important thing. And also, I really feel like success is perseverance and persistence. Like if you just don't go anywhere, mm-hmm. then eventually people are like, oh, you're still here. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that you're you're in a great position for whatever happens. That's my takeaway. Well, thank you. I you're appreciate welcome. that. A friend that moved up here a few years before we did told me that my continuing to go for it in this career really speaks to my positive attitude, my can-do attitude, and perseverance to stay positive in this fickle industry Yeah, uh, says a lot about your resilience. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the amount of people who tap out from bitterness and cynicism, it's a lot. Also, of course, a lot of people just don't have the support system or whatever to get to even stick around. Like that's, that's a huge part of it that I think it's got to be mentioned alongside because it's not fair not to. Mm -hmm. I appreciate you taking the time to do that. That was really kind of. Yeah, of course. It's everything. Yeah. I got to say, having you on the podcast is a big get for me. Wow. That's crazy to me. Sorry. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Well, get ready for a bunch of compliments because, as you know, Justina, girlfriend of the show, Justina. Adore Girlfriend you. of the show. Love that. Yes. I adore you. We collectively adore you. So there's a lot of adoration <laughs> and, and uh, we're, we're so inspired by you. 
Justina took your clown class at Rubbish uh, and what a star. adored it. Yes. And we loved your show that you did at Thank Rubbish. You. But also, listeners have heard me refer to Cocoon Central Dance Team a few times on this wow. podcast. I have told the story so much, I think. And just we, you've, you all have come up in conversation a lot as favorite moments in New York. And I don't know if I mentioned this to you. One of the biggest laughs of my life, not just being in New York, the Cocoon Central dance team show that we saw at the Bell House in like 2017. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I hadn't heard of you all before that, even though you'd been around a while, but I just can't hear about everything that's hot and big in New York. And we saw that show and I was just doubling over with such joyful laughter. Mm. The three of you together, there's something so special to me about that because I have not laughed at any kind of comedy, whether it's on stage or watching a movie or show, the way I laughed at that. Oh my God, thank you so much. I genuinely mean it because it's, you know when you're with your friends and you're just cutting up and having that kind of big laugh and it's it's yeah. special and you can't really get that in a movie theater or at a, at a comedy show a lot of times. That's what I got from that show that you all did. Wow, thank you so much. That makes me feel so good. I truly, truly mean it. I have just always pointed to that as just one of my favorite things that has happened since moving here. Just thank how much you. I love you all. And then getting to, I don't know if you remember this, at Littlefield, when you did a show there like a year or so after that, it was before the pandemic. And I totally geeked out <laughs> because... We're all by the bar, and I just looked over, and the three of you were there, and I went, oh, hey, I go, I love you all so much, you're so funny, and you all were wow. super kind and sweet, and then I ended up seeing each of you separately, uh, you know, on your own and interacting with you in different times. I love all three of you as individuals so, so much. Thank you. And then love this comedy crew together. It's like... Thank you. Even greater than the, the sum of all your parts and all, all the parts are so big. So <laughs> you. know, like you're all so talented and great. For those who don't know, Cocoon Central Dance Team, it's you, it's Eleanor mm -hmm. and Suni. Eleanor Pienta and yeah, exactly. And Sunita Mani. Yeah, my my lords. People have seen Sunita on Glow. Mm -hmm. And Mr. Robot. Scenes right, from right. a marriage. Uh-huh, uh-huh. The girl can't stop. I know, but neither can you. We have also seen you in, I think, the best film of the year. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Thank you. I love it, too. Oh, such an amazing movie. You're fantastic in it. Thank you, Jason. You're such a natural actor. And Thank that's you. my favorite acting style. Someone where it doesn't feel like I, I don't know if you've noticed this in acting and I don't want to dog other actors at all I'm not trying to but I feel like there's a there are a lot of performances where you can sort of see this actor doing the craft and it's not so much about this character it's more about how good they are at acting mm. um, that you can sort of take away from it but I love the kind of acting where you forget the person and it just looks like you're watching people living Mm. And I got that from your performance and then everyone's performance in that. Thank you. I know 100% mean it. I mean, I'm not just saying this to 
I feel like I'm just like floating in a like a sensory deprivation tank but in a good way I'm just like floating on like compliments (laughs) right now I'm very happy that is what being on there it is it really complimenting (laughs) people and asking them questions because I I nerd out about performance and comedy but I asked the people on that I asked to be on because they're so inspirational Mm. and so you know, you're, you're one of my favorites here. You're so fantastic. And there's a lot I want to address and talk about with, with what I think makes you special and and learning more about that. But let's go back. Okay. You are from Alaska. Yes. And you went to Emerson college. Yes. And where you studied performance and yes, uh, acting and theater education. Yes. So did you live in Alaska up to going to Emerson? Pretty much, yeah. We moved there, um, or we left after I was born. Because get this, I was born without a thyroid gland. Straight oh. up, don't have one. So we had to leave the island and go to like a you know bigger hospital network. Mm-hmm. Um, because at at the time, my parents were living on Thorn Bay, which is like even smaller than Ketchikan. I was born at, in Ketchikan, but then, I mean, basically this is probably a huge overshare now, but now everybody knows I don't have a thyroid gland. <laughs> Where are all my no thyroids at? Um, and uh, so, so we had to move it, but then we moved back um, by the, I started kindergarten in Ketchikan. So like okay. kindergarten through high school, both my brother and I graduated from Ketchikan High School. And then I did come back for a few summers to work um, up until I think maybe I was like a, had graduated from college. Um, and and then my parents retired, sold the house. They're not there anymore. Um, and my brother's still in Juneau. So I do go back. Um, there's just no family home in Ketchikan anymore, which I gotta uh. say actually makes visiting your hometown a lot easier because then you're not divided in between like uh well I shouldn't this is like clearly just my experience but like I don't feel like oh I gotta be home for dinner it's like oh now I can just do my thing yeah um, yeah so I'm gonna go back to catch again and teach again um at the beginning of August teach some clown and uh so yeah I'm still connected to to Alaska very much I love it there I want to do awesome. a tour there. I want to do a comedy tour there with with people who I think are very funny. Oh, cool. Where did the love for acting and performing come from? Was that something that you had very young? Does that did that pick up right before college? When did that come into it? I grew up dancing at the local dance school and just loved performing so much and was always looking for opportunities to perform and would like go to diners in character with my friends um oh wow. make a lot of like home videos and was very like taken care of by the arts community there there's an excellent arts community in Ketchikan oh okay that I'm really grateful to did they encourage the idea of going to restaurants in character no that was us that was just something that um we decided we needed to do so was that just for for like shits and giggles or was yeah. that to really immerse yourself okay 
Yeah, That's we funny. like, really yeah, funny. it was just, yeah, we like dressed as a hyper dysfunctional family and went to the diner. Um, <laughs> so fun. So well, did people know, were people aware of who you all were after a while and said, oh, they're just doing some bits? They're just, oh, yeah, those are high schoolers. Um, <laughs> I think they probably didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think that they could tell that that we were pretending. I think the wigs weren't very convincing. Um, <laughs> okay. But, okay. Yeah, but it so fun. Just... Highly recommend. Okay. So fun. <laughs> um, yeah. And then would always uh like try to make myself cry like I would um I would lay on the ground on my back in like a a dress that I decided was like the most beautiful dress and say I miss my great-grandmother until I could make myself cry and I would listen <laughs> to we had this tape wave aid five which was um it was a fundraiser for AIDS research mm -hmm. and that's where the Vonda Shepherd track comes from and Snowy Bing Bongs. It's from that compilation. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so still can't believe Vonda is on the soundtrack for Snowy Bing Bongs. I can't <laughs> believe it. I've never met her. I've never tried to reach out to her. I should because I need to tell her like I I love that song. Anyway, um, so yeah, Snowy Bing Bongs is the, the film Cocoon Central dance theme short film. Yeah, that's right. Yes, taken from our stage show, um, which Alex and Rachel can't thank them enough for all the time and effort they put into making that movie. That was a dream movie because yeah. dream project because they came to us and said this should be a movie, and the three of us were like, oh whatever <laughs> <laughs> not really but sort of and um uh they we would just got to be like stars and executive producers on the, my favorite thing um that's awesome yeah and insane so many stars aligned for snowy bing bongs we're so lucky um <laughs> um so and now i don't remember what i was talking about but i'll let you lasso me back <laughs> Well, we were talking about how you got into this love of the craft and and performing live. Uh, well, not really perf yeah. not live performance so much, but like going out in public and and doing these happenings, so to speak. Um, yeah, where where you're staying in character. And so I guess part of the I mean, you said you were doing it for shits and giggles, but I, I assume part of the benefit of doing that stuff was you, you're maybe it's easier to stay committed to a character now that you have done it that way, or maybe it's less nerve wracking to perform live. Yeah. It's definitely been like a function of who I am. Like since I was a kid was like always knowing that there were recitals a couple of times a year that I really looked forward to. And I loved, mm. I love acting. It's just something <laughs> that I like used to hate admitting. Um, I was, I was very cagey about telling anyone that I was an actor. Um, but you know, I suppose pandemic, there's no time for that. I do love no. acting. Yeah, I there's love no it. Time for it. I love yeah. going out after the show and then you get flowers. Oh, oh my God. You go out for dinner, the best. I love it. Um, <laughs> yeah. so yeah, I've been doing that since I was like a kid and just, uh, just kept going. I didn't, um, 
when I was auditioning for acting schools, my expectations were very, very zero. I didn't think mm-hmm. I would necessarily even get accepted anywhere. So when I got accepted to Emerson College, I was like, oh, wow, that's cool. And then, yeah, that's um, a good school. Yeah. Um, it was one, it was one that I, I don't think I would have auditioned if I knew that it was a selective acting program. I didn't audition for like, I only auditioned for Emerson College and Cornish College of the Arts in Seattle because I, it was like the one art school that I had heard of that oh, like okay. people in Ketchikan would go to was like, there's Cornish. Um, mm-hmm. So um, yeah, so I got into Emerson and then that's where I met and fell in love with Sunita and Eleanor and my wife, Bobby, and so many oh, people. Yeah. Okay. That, yeah, so we've known so... each other since college. Wow. I didn't realize that. I know that you all have been a crew. This The team has existed <laughs> yeah. for 11 years. That's right. 2000, maybe even longer now, January 2009. Because maybe oh, the wow. show, I wonder, was it the 10th anniversary show that you came to at the Bell House? Was it all Cocoon? I don't think it was all Cocoon. Oh, okay, no, cool. the, the Bell House show in 2017 was like a reductress show I oh think. wow yes okay cool yes um yeah that one was a long time ago and address yeah. and hosted oh what a night so yeah we went to emerson we were all friends we did comedy together and then when we were all in new york then we started performing as cocoon but yeah that wasn't so we graduated so Nathan and I both graduated 2008. Eleanor had transferred. She was going to Hunter. And then our friend Katie Witness, who was um, living with us all, she she was actually in Cocoon before I was. They did one dance at a house party. Mm-hmm. And our friends who at the time, it was Bobby and uh, Nat Towson, uh, were starting a variety show called The Moon. And they said, will you do a dance at our first moon show? And then we became their house dance team. So Katie was technically in Cocoon before, first, and then I joined. Mm-hmm. So we were a four-person team for a long time. Oh, okay. Mm, maybe less than a year, though, because I think then Katie left by that summer. Anyway, so yeah. Just so people know what the premise, I guess, is of Cocoon Central Dance Team, since we're, we're mentioning them so much. How do you explain it? Because people are like comedy group, but they're a dance team. Like what? I don't understand. Yeah. How would you describe? Because I would probably get it wrong. How would you describe Cocoon Central Dance Team? Well, I don't know. I would love to hear actually how you would describe it, because I think um, we learn more from other people talking about it. We're sort of we're so in the cocoon. We don't know. (laughs) So this is the way I felt when I first saw you, because, again, had you were sort of presented to us as a dance team, but there was also this element of, cause you all were singing. Oh, and this is the part that was killing me. Oh, we were me doing the, Robin. We're doing show me love. Okay. That's what it was. I couldn't, it sounded like gibberish because <laughs> you couldn't understand what anyone was saying, but it seemed like it was like, and maybe this is my like love of Steve Martin because Steve Martin's whole stand-up act in the 70s was, what if there was an entertainer, song and dance man, but was real bad, but thought they were good? Yes. That's sort of what I would say is an element of Cocoon Central Dance scene, where it's like yeah. a girl group <laughs> like thinks they're <laughs> so good, but their, their singing is 
not right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the dancing, one of the things I, I want to get into with the dancing is it's silly and it's funny and it makes you laugh, but you're doing good dance moves too. Thank you. I appreciate like that's that. I don't understand. This is the thing that boggles my mind. I think it's the biggest magic trick <laughs> that is wrapped up in this team. I don't understand how Eleanor can do a really <laughs> on point dance move that you would see in any hip hop video, but yet there's something funny about it. Mm. And that's what I get when I watch you all. It's like, this is, that is a good dance move yet. I'm laughing hysterically at yeah. what's happening. Yeah. I don't know what that is. That's what, <laughs> that's our problem, I guess. Or like, not, not problem, but truly like why it's been so hard to explain what it is that we do. It's like, that's, that's it in a nutshell. Once we performed and this Australian kid said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to butcher the accent. Let me see. You left your water bottle on the cat. Okay, that's my entrance. Um, uh, he said, "You start, you, you start dancing until what? You dance until people start laughing." <laughs> that's not the accent. Oh no! I get it though. I'm. It's close enough. <laughs> so yeah, he said, "You dance until people start laughing," and he was like baffled. Um, and we yeah, were like, "Yeah, I, thank you. We're gonna steal that now because um, it, it, it's gonna help us." Um, not steal, share. <laughs> I think the thing that we love when it's the three of us together, like in that cocoon clown time is that mm -hmm. we're all, one of our other friends also said like, you're all Harpo, like everyone, everyone is pure <laughs> ego. Uh -huh. And then also within, within like the trio dynamics, we can do so many different things and right. there's so much satire also that we can play with right our rehearsal web series is one of my favorite things in the world which um i really want to organize this is reminding me yeah, i want to organize a screening of like all of our rehearsal episodes because like i don't <laughs> feel the need to like make any more or anything but i just love them and i'll watch them and like cry even though i'm watching myself but it doesn't but it's not me it's like it's that sunitha and eleanor are so funny they've made me pee my pants so many times once i started peeing while i was on sunitha like it they are really, so funny they, you all three are you bought it's bottled up joy mm, and it's yeah that and it really is like when you are hanging out with your best friend and your siblings and your and your little kids and you're yeah. just Getting making really each punchy. other laugh hysterically yeah. yeah yeah and it's that bottled up and i can't every time i am looking at the instagram for cocoon central i am grinning ear to ear i've said it in the comments like i am just grinning ear to ear it always brightens my day and brings me so much joy because it's, that is there in it all the time usually when people try to present that to the world it just feels like uh oh you had to be there it's like, right. oh, it's funny to you all, but that is not this. Like it is, it's somehow translating to the audience. Mm. That's why it's sort of like, how is this happening? What is this magic trick? <laughs> and I, and it's, it's probably partly that the three of you are on the same wavelength. You've been friends 
for as long as you've been friends. Yes, that's really clutch. I think you're also being vulnerable. You're able to just open up with the, uh, like all three of you are opening up in such a way. And, and have all three of you taken clown classes? Is that part of it too? I mean, I, Sunita just did the Goliath, the, like the five-day Goliath program. Um, I trained in college. I don't remember if Eleanor's taken any clown stuff specifically, but she just is a clown. Like, I think, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, and like, mm -hmm. also the cocoon is incredibly clowny. Mm -hmm. So I don't know about like the formality, mm -hmm. but I think just existing. Yeah. Definitely. Like, I think you're right about the wavelength in that, like the name also is a part of it. It's like, we're so in each other's soup. Like we're <laughs> together that it's like, it makes us impenetrable. And so it's uh -huh. like, when we're together, we can do whatever we want because we're like so high on each other um, yeah. or on, on like on the, the feeling that we're, that we're creating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're also very protective of it, which I think is a good thing for a while. I felt really desperate. Like this is, this has to be my job and wanted to, you know, make it like my thing. But I also, now that enough time has passed and all of us are also secure in our own careers, it's like, I really love that Cocoon has actually been something that we haven't hardly had to compromise on because we've been able to keep it really our own. It feels yeah, very pure. punk in that way. Yeah. Yeah. There is a purity to it. And that always comes through. And I've seen you all two or three times live and watch stuff. So many things online. I mean, it's awesome. There is a purity to it that is always there. And I just don't know anything else in entertainment or art that that many times over is still pure. Mm. We're That's, the best I, in the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, I mean, you think about it like a band or a singer. They put out a bunch of albums. They'll put out as many things that I have seen of your thing. And there'll be time in between. And a couple of their things will not be as pure as some of the other things, you mm -hmm. know? And, and I feel like usually the, there's a loss of purity and it's, yeah. and it's just not the same. Yeah. That's so, that, that happens so easily mm -hmm. because you have to make room, like just so much can happen along the process of something coming to life. Mm -hmm. This is a tangent, but I forget where I heard this. So I'll just spread the gospel and don't credit me, but the, the script is one movie and then shooting the movie, it's another movie and then editing. Now it's a different movie again. Yeah. And then even, perfect. you know, past that, yeah, when it's, when it, then when it's viewed, cause you can never control perception, then it's, right. then it's got its own life. It takes on a life of its own. Right. Um, and I, yeah. there've been very few times where the audience and the artist agreed on what it was. Mm, right and both yeah. loved it you know and there's so many times so many times when someone puts out a piece of work a director puts out a movie the audience loves it and the director's like ah it's not quite what i want it right. to be yeah, like, that yeah, is yeah. very common totally and the reverse is common you know where the director's like this is exactly how i wanted it to be and the audience is like no thanks i didn't yeah. enjoy that yeah <laughs> and so when it's hard to have both uh <laughs> But it's um, it's a special thing when you can be true to yourselves 
and keep it pure. And the audience is also right there for what it is. Mm, yeah. We love our audiences or we have so much fun. I miss, uh, I miss my friends. <laughs> I haven't uh, seen yeah. Sunita or Eleanor in such a long time now because, um, of just like travel and work and stuff. Right. And, uh, so yeah, when we do see each other, that's the thing is like a lot of the time it is cocoon related because then we have to, you know, meet in person, but we mm -hmm. just want to be like, you know, let me see pictures of, of your niece. How's everyone doing? We just want to talk. We just want to reconnect. Right. Um, so yeah, I'm really, uh, I'm really proud of us for being in this group for as long as we have. And, uh, and that our friendship has survived and thrived. Right. And, yeah. and each of you are, are doing great work on your own and uh, just all also stellar. I mean, that's, that's also an uncommon thing, but you all have yeah. that as well. And you all cheer each other on so much. It's so great. Mm. I want to talk a little more about clowning because I think a lot of people here clowning and they only think of like ronald mcdonald mm -hmm. something like that john wayne it. gacy right yeah. or john wayne gacy right? it always goes straight to um i hate clowns yeah it's yeah like, I get like it. they're they're frightened of clowns and that's that's what they're thinking about but that's not quite what it is so will you explain what when when people hear that you took clowning classes or you teach clowning classes what that is that you were teaching so what I am teaching is, uh, think of it as like an acting class for ultra beginners, where if you ever got to go to a theater camp as a kid, we're playing a lot of games, really using the space. And there's like all that fizzy possibility everywhere. That's the sensation that we're going for to maintain all the time that you're on stage because, uh, that's why people go to the theater is to see someone who is an actor, um, like Christopher Bates has an actor free from worry, such a beautiful thing. Um, that's not exactly what he says, but like, if you're going to make the decision to step onto the stage, like, wow, heavenly creature, what are you going to give us? And the more receptive that you can be and the more vulnerable that you can be, then it creates this relationship with your audience where anything is possible. Mm -hmm. So that's the, that's how I like to approach it. That said, there's uh, so many different schools of getting actors to that place um, because mm -hmm. there, it's also very common in clown training um, to be torn down because you want to get rid of the ego. So it's very challenging work. Like if you keep going, then it's really challenging. That's why I just do introduction to clown. I'm not trying to... Um, send anyone home in tears. Um, I'm not qualified to do that, but it's so much fun because you get to see like the ways that like we think we get to be in control of how we present ourselves that gets like whipped out from underneath you like a tablecloth. And then it's like, oh, we're all so vulnerable and you get to see people, I think at their best where it's like, there's a phrase, wake up as though you've never seen the world before. I again, can't remember which educator I learned that from, but not my words. And it's like, you know, like your eyes are open, like your mouth is soft, your jaw is soft. It's like, mm -hmm. everything is new. There's constant discovery. Mm. And also thinking about four-year-olds and the way that four-year-olds, you know, 
there's like the kids say the darndest things, but it's not really that, right? It's like, uh-huh. they're just, they're new. They're figuring stuff out. Also, mm-hmm. though, that said, four-year-olds can do a lot of damage. They can be very violent. They can be yeah. incredibly vicious. And it's because they're still like very soft and malleable, right? So we want to get back to that really soft and malleable spot because that's your transaction with the with the audience, I think, or whoever you're making this this thing with is like, you want to be a vessel for the story, but you have a capital A actor who like, has celebrity attached to them. Sometimes that, that works to the detriment of a project because like you can't lose, you're not losing the actor in that role. You're seeing the actor, but also every other role that they've ever played. Right. Coming to that role. I kind of know that's, I guess what I was kind of talking about earlier about sometimes it's not really divorced from who they are and what their job is. And and you're not seeing the character so much. You're seeing the, the person make their moves. Exactly. But also within that, with that baggage of what we know about the actor publicly. And also I don't like, I'm not self-aware enough to have, to be able to divorce myself. I still am going to, especially like in the film or television world where then like the rules start changing, you know, like, I think like there's so much about like identity and ego and stuff that is so fascinating. I don't have the language to talk it all through yet. And so I want like, that's what's also been really great about teaching is because I get to discuss this with students um, in and out of class. And it's so fascinating. There's so much to, there's so much to say about the subject. Um, It's really fun. And then the thing with the red nose, how I learned the red nose technique is that it's the smallest mask in the world is what um Jacques Lecoq calls it and it does all the work for you of making you the fool like you don't to have a Christopher Bayes has an essay that's great about the red nose about um like a flashing nose or like a nose that honks or something that's grotesque and that's like a mask on top of a mask you don't need any of that um wavy gravy who's another clown says the joy is subversive enough which i think is such a brilliant phrase just like allowing something to exist that's hard the joy is subversive enough (laughs) love that i'm just (laughs) saying it twice but it's true you don't get to see stuff existing in this unaltered state hardly ever so when you get to see someone with the red nose on stage um like discovering a chair for the first time it's like oh my God, you can't take your eyes off of them. It's so much fun and just really makes me love people, which has been really essential throughout this pandemic. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, the past couple presidential administrations and stuff like losing, losing faith in a lot of, um, like systems, this has replenished my faith in people, um, Mm. which I think is where we should always start from anyway. Um, Mm. Yeah. That's really interesting. I love it. It's been truly like life-changing. It's been really nice and has been a great practice also for my own work as an actor because I really need to get out of my own head and being able to articulate all these like thoughts and ideas makes me so much more comfortable. I'm definitely not where I would love to be, you know, like just a pure like automaton from my directors. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm not there yet. But um, also, you know, actors are smart people. So every, everything is still going to get filtered through this person's experiences. Um, right. But 
yeah, I guess, yeah, I don't know. I don't have any answers really. I just have a lot of questions. Interesting. Yeah. I, I, I recently read Val Kilmer's biography and oh, I didn't read his biography, but I saw the documentary. I want to see the documentary. Dude, He's so one of my good. favorite actors. I, oh, yeah. I, I, my favorite actors I've realized have all have great voices. Yes. <laughs> and and I think he's got one of the, you know, he had, I know he lost his voice. Yes. But uh, he's so happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's so nice. Yeah. Um, so I want to see that documentary, but it might be a little tough because uh, I love him so much. But um, I think you'll love it. I think it'll just make you love him more. It is hard okay. to see him like uh, without like being so handicapped, but um, you get to see also like how he functions mm. now. And it's like, just really like affirming. Yeah. Okay, cool. Cool. Um, well, one, th one of the things he said in the book was when he's asked about his process with acting, he doesn't ever really know what to say because mm. he's just sort of like, I just do it. Yeah, <laughs> I just act, you know, but he, he he's that is this interesting thing. I, I totally get that. Right. Like you're you're thinking and you're you're reading the script and you're you're processing it and you're processing it based on the life experience you've had and you're making choices and then you're just doing it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're just doing what you're just trying to enact what you think makes sense. Yeah. Also, what's so what I realized my first time working on a feature was that you're also affected by like, is this sound guy in a good mood? Is he okay? <laughs> like the there's like so, so a million factors in the room when the yeah. cameras are actually rolling and doesn't matter because all anyone's going to see is whatever you gave in that moment. So like as a perfectionist, um, it's mm -hmm. really driven me nuts. Like I have a very difficult time watching myself on screen because I just want to go in and tweak and change everything. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, because yeah, people, people won't know that maybe your performance wasn't perfect because of X, Y, or Z. It doesn't matter. Um, no, you're and, right. I mean, yeah. that's not that it's okay to yell at people, but that is why, <laughs> uh, Christian Bale yelled at that guy. On that set oh, that's because... right. Yeah. I still haven't seen that clip. It's, I mean, it's just the audio and, and the guy walked into his eyeline and, mm. and while they were filming mm. and I totally understand the frustration again, not condoning yelling at somebody. And he apologized to the guy. It's all, you know, who cares anymore? It's water under the bridge, but I have been in situations where I'm trying to recite a bunch of words and people are walking into the eyeline and standing there and just staring. And it's like, I can't do this yeah. while you're, while you were doing that and you've got to just get the hell out of here. But I didn't, I couldn't say that. Yeah. So well, now I wonder, see, cause now what I'm wondering is like, what I want to be able to do is like take whatever energy is created by like, you know, some irresponsible behavior on set, like how to use corral it. that and use it hmm. because obviously there's going to be times where it's like, oh, this this isn't going to work because a horse just got loose or whatever i don't know what i'm talking about but like uh, uh, because it is all just like make-believe and i think also for a while that's right. what was psyching me out is like we're just like grown-ups pretending to cry like this is like we should all be social workers was like getting really upset about that but now i'm like okay but also actors are essential like we 
this is important work. It's okay. Um, but I like to definitely for a while was like, this is all shameful. We shouldn't even be doing it in the first place. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, no, I mean, that's but, a struggle. <laughs> yeah. But also like to create, I think that I would love to learn how to do method because I think, you know, you can always learn from everything. I don't at this point understand why it's useful because you can't control your environment. Right. But also I, I maybe I could try harder to like control my environment. I don't know. I, I think you've got a, a good point there though, because when, you know, being in New York, you see people having loud conversations with, I was just in a Whole Foods the other day and someone who works there was having a very loud, angry conversation with someone on the phone. Mm -hmm. And I was like, how do they have, like, I wouldn't be able to be that loud <laughs> on the phone with someone. Did they seem like a local? Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. If they were employed. And of course, yeah. Something uh, that an acting teacher told us when I was at Emerson was like private moments made public. Maybe that's about like getting to watch like movies and plays and stuff like the voyeurism, but also in New York, because I'm from Alaska, you're from South Carolina. Yes. It's like in New York, like if you grew up here and like you're out in front of your apartment building and like you just got some bad news and you're yelling, it's like that's your home. But right. like but other people walking by are like, whoa, you know, like this, <laughs> you know, this, that person's got a problem. And it's like, yeah. Also, this is like my this sidewalk. Is space. This is right. my, yeah, this is where I live. So I I've like that took a long time to really sink in because I'm from a small town. But uh <laughs> yeah, definitely like the taking up taking up space it works very differently in new york and also like i feel like it's not personal when people knock into you in new york like i've mm -hmm. i've pushed on and pulled mm -hmm. off people on the mm -hmm. subway when they just weren't doing the rules correctly because it's like listen you gotta step out and then you can get back on <laughs> right right yeah which you know i shouldn't have probably touched that person but she was a mess um but <laughs> no i have she wanted to <laughs> to shoulder check people at least uh, yeah. when I'm trying to get off, it's like, you have to let me off first. <laughs> get out of the way. I'm not a true New Yorker yet because I haven't put any of that outside of my head. <laughs> but because <laughs> a true New Yorker yells at them. <laughs> yeah. Or, or something. I don't know. Just like, like coming out. I don't know what the rules are. A shoehorn, stick a shoehorn in between people and glide out. Glide out. <laughs> no, I look, I I guess now we really are just trying to stay apart from people. But I guess we're getting off the topic. <laughs> you know, with so acting easy. though, there are these distractions on sets where things are going on. But I guess when somebody is living their life, there are still distractions around them that they are aware yeah. of. Yeah. Um, unless you're one of those people who can just fully have a private conversation at full volume uh in public um i i feel like most yeah. people are kind of thinking yeah well i don't want to be too loud because that you know there are all these people around you know you can have that kind of on your mind and, and maybe it works in the scene because you are thinking about like something else that's outside of the moment but it's tough it's tough sometimes to focus on the lines and the blocking and where the camera is oh yeah i never hit my mark yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean that's not true. Yeah. I do, but yeah, it's a, it is. That's why it's so amazing 
when some like Ki um Hoi Kwan, who's in everything everywhere all at once, getting to watch him our first day working together on set, our first scene together was in the apartment. And he was just remarkable, moved so quickly, would reset, like knew where everything needed to be reset and um, hit marks every single time, got the lines every single time, was like hyper attentive to what was going on. It was really like, oh, cool. I want to work like that. That's how I want to work. Because a lot of the time I'm definitely like drifting all over the place and incredibly distractible, which I think is a good thing sometimes, mostly not convenient. (laughs) So I was really blown away by by that precision. Also, the right. um, this is maybe a tangent again, but in discovering the clown by Christopher Bay's it's a great book, it's short. Highly recommend. He talks about creating these moments. For instance, if you if you miss your train, you say "oh nuts" loud enough so that other people can hear you and like will look at you. Like creating like little like allowing yourself to be the fool and like creating shifts in your environment. And like another recommendation is turning around while you're in the elevator. I'm too scared to do that, but very Mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. And I feel like it's like the movie, it's like verse jumping. It's like you create, you make a choice and then you take people with you into a different universe, Mm -hmm. which is also what's great about clown. Yeah. And it happens because like, like one of the things I talk about a lot in classes, um, I saw these middle schoolers when I was traveling in Japan and the train started before one of them had gotten a grip on a bar to hold on to. And so she kind of stumbled and then she made like a whimpering sound and then she did a somersault. Like she committed so hard to her stumble that she somersaulted on the train. Like she didn't, <laughs> it wasn't like nature that propelled her. It was her just like ultra commitment <laughs> to the stumble. I've never seen anything like it. I was like the happiest I've ever been. Her friends were all laughing so hard. She just like allowed her, she like turned her public humiliation of like stumbling on the subway into like full surrender to like my life is shit, you know? And it was just so funny. Like that I think is worse jumping. And like, she also brought all of us in the subway car along with her. It's really right. fun. Oh, wow. To see that. That is something special. And we see stuff like that all the time. Like all of us have examples of it, right? You probably have some of seeing like what someone else was telling me, uh, the the woman who would come in and educate all the classrooms about the Holocaust. She was like a Holocaust expert. Um, this woman in her thirties, she was on the bus with her on the city bus and recognized her from having come in and spoken to the classroom. Mm-hmm. And at this woman's bus stop, she was listening to music on her headphones and was kind of bopping. The doors opened and she like, shot one hip out to the side and snapped her fingers and then she stepped off the bus it was like my stop my moment and then she stepped (laughs) off and zoe was like wow you can talk about the holocaust and you can like feel yourself and like have your own soundtrack when you move through the city that is so cool yeah i have seen things i saw i've seen that in big ways but there was also like a quiet moment that i saw this this couple in like a two-seater on the subway train sitting and it was like you would look at them and feel like you were in Tuscany on some vineyard or something or with them on a romantic getaway or something. Because they were like so this. in love? Yeah. Oh, and it was I so... I love that example. Yeah, it was so noticeable that I was like, how do you two... I had to speak to them about it. I was like, how do you do <laughs> I it? I love that. Because they looked like they were in their 50s or something and they were like, oh. it's funny you say that. We've only been together three years or something like that. Oh. You know, but I... I would have thought 30. I would have thought they were high school sweethearts or something. 
Oh, that's They're awesome. just head over heels in love with each other. Ah, <laughs> oh, just getting to see people like exist. Yeah. As themselves in public. Yeah. yeah. It's really special yeah. because it also means that like you're opening yourself up to criticism, right? Like, right. Yeah. It's scary. I am closed off all the time and that's not good for performance. Like, I feel like I'm super mm, closed yeah. off when I go out. I don't know. I but. mean, I think like we all do it for different reasons, right? Like I'm pretty small and I, uh, very feminine and so like I don't I have to be careful not to leave myself open all the time because it makes me a target so I think right you know it's like that you you have to pick and choose I think in a way but how beautiful if all of us could just be like ha 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 everywhere we go you know like Fraggle <laughs> right. Rock yeah oh oh yeah oh gosh I love the Fraggle Rock reference okay that was created for world peace that was Jim Henson's goal really yeah and it's oh, coming back. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, it is. Uh-huh. I used to watch it all the time when I was little and I loved it. I loved Fraggle Oh, yeah. Rock. Well, that's why. World oh, peace. Oh, goodness. <laughs> oh, Jim Henson. All-time great. Yeah. That's good stuff. I was stuff. super sad when he when he passed away. Because he passed away when Sammy Davis Jr. died. And uh, like that's the right. same week. And I, when I heard both of them die, I remember I was a little kid and I asked my mom, well, who's going to make people laugh? Oh. It's just the saddest thing in the world. But I was like, these are two people who just bring joy. Like, who who's going to make us laugh? Wow. I love Jim Henson. I want to ask you, because we're talking about acting. There's a lot of stage stuff. There's, there's clown that we're talking about. You've been able to operate on stage. Mm -hmm. Also television, because you've done Inside, Inside Amy Schumer and that damn Michael Che and productions like that. And then also, as we mentioned, this big movie mm. and i feel like there's probably not as much of a difference between filming for inside amy schumer and filming the movie short film student films not on the same level <laughs> i've been an extra in a movie and i see the production value the, the money difference yeah the, yeah right, the money right. that's that's on set definitely and the crew yeah. that's on set i mean honestly yes. like that film crew i saw they were on top of things yeah one of the questions I have is when we're talking about being open and vulnerable and pure and on your mark at the same time. Yeah. That was the thing that I struggled with when I did my first short film was I have to be this full character fully in this moment, but I'm only really doing a line or two and we're filming for like 10, 15 seconds. It's right, yeah. like, it's like, uh, like I was told when I did a play that I was a natural stage actor cool. and I, it was a very nice compliment. I understand why they said that because I feel like in a stage production, I am able to get in the headspace of the character, stay in that character and be where I need to be at the different moments. I feel like, and maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like with productions like the ones you've been in, it's very much like turn it on and be fully there for this mm -hmm. short little time <laughs> and then uh, you're mm -hmm. maybe you stay in it some people i'm sure do some people don't but how <laughs> how do people get there when action is called and then be fully there like i don't know how people really do that yeah i don't know either I think you just like, we, we just do it. Is that what, what Val Kilmer would be Val Kilmer? Right. That's the answer. Um, Maybe I'm uh, overthinking it. Well, I think like the overthinking is definitely like what 
I can see when I watch stuff, I can see like how uncommitted I was or how overthought, how, how much mm. I had overthought that moment, that sort of thing. My thought is that it goes back to needing to just like, let yourself be in that spot of just like being open and vulnerable because your job is to be responding to the circumstances of that moment that's scripted. Right. So mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. whatever's going on with your scene partner or whatever's going on within your environment is just being able to stay as open as possible to all of that. And I do think that also means if you like you crack your heart open, you're there, then you are mm-hmm. susceptible to everything else that's going on. But that's what people need from their performers because um, we can't get there on our own a lot of the time. And so mm. if you're a performer, then you're you're taking that on for the people. Right. I think it is, you know, what's going to work for the person. I think I know what my approach would be if I was in a production on on that level. But you just have to get in the head of the character and think, well, what would they be doing right before this? Like, that's one of the things mm. I, would, I would do is like, well, they'd be coming from here, thinking about this and just try to get in that headspace. But there are so many distractions that I could get easily taken out of that. Totally. I think that's like also time and experience because I definitely yep. also like when it is a very big budget, I've, I'm absolutely thrown by how much is going on and how mm. many bodies are in the space and all that sort of thing. I think, um, it's like, you know, just comfortability with like how often you've been in that environment, which for me, right. I'm still at the earlier end of that experience. So right. yeah. I think it's, yeah. I think it's just time. Yeah, I haven't had enough experience with it because what makes sense to me is what I use with theater, where like something is going on on stage before I walk out, and it's mm. the world, it's the universe, mm. you know, and they are they are verse jumping and helping me get into that universe because mm. I can I could stand on the side and be like, here's here's my mindset, and I'm watching this happen. Whereas with the film or or TV show, you're just dropping in, right? You're dropping in cold. <laughs> it's so hard it is so hard that's why when someone's compelling in a movie I, I people will knock certain actors as like they'll say like oh they're the same and everything and it's like look to be that compelling on screen mm-hmm. takes so much yeah yeah <laughs> say what you want about julia roberts but there's a <laughs> lot she is doing in order to be that compelling for this many years on screen like there's she is- an episode of poog that's like mo- they talk a lot about julia roberts and just like how lucky we are to have her yeah my god that like smile she is a movie star it, oh, that she's smile, a movie that star. energy yeah oh. yeah like watch oceans 11 with the commentary there are like two different groups that did commentary for that and i think the awesome. one that has matt damon doing commentary and I think it's Matt Damon and Brad Pitt and they're that scene at the end when she's walking down and she has to do so much work in this scene all she's doing is like she's walking out of this one relationship and back into her old relationship and she has to just get there she has to get this character mentally there with no dialogue all she's doing is walking across the lobby and the two of them are like wow a movie star. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> How nice to like get to see people be in awe of each other too. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's like and other people who are at the top of their game too. Like who are yes, just like, right. oh, yeah, that's a movie star guys. You <laughs> that's, know? A, like, that's the best. That's so cool. Yeah. 
absolutely. I, it's special. Yeah. And you were, you were mentioning seeing that sort of thing yourself on everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, oh man. So much greatness. Yeah. I've been talking about more often in class now is status, which is really fun to do when you're doing clown stuff. Cause it's so obvious, mm -hmm. you know, like the highest status person gets to be standing and anyone who's lower status isn't allowed to be any taller than them. Very like rudimentary one-on-one stuff, but it's oh, so sure. fun. Also an incredibly effective way to look at a script is where your character's status is, is moving in relation to like every line of dialogue and every move that's made by the other person. It's a great in to a scene breakdown. But I forget why I said that just now, other than I guess was just excited and wanted to talk about it. That's good. That's what podcasts are for. Yes. It's such an interesting craft because there are all these different approaches you can take to it. And you can always keep learning and growing. Mm, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I just want, I mean, ideally you just get better and better. I really love also like how Nicolas Cage just says yes to everything. Cause it's like, yeah, just like, it's always an opportunity to learn and get better. Why not? Yeah, I like that about him too. I, I think he gets a bad rap. Yeah, which is crazy. That's like one of the best actors out there. That said, I still haven't said pig or like a lot of stuff recently or unbearable right. way to mass of talent. And I haven't seen either of those either, but I think like if he's in a bad production, kind of like what you're saying earlier, the script is one movie and then filming it, it's another movie. And then in the editing booth, it's a different movie. That's so true. And at any of those stages, it, it can get thrown off. And sometimes it's in the edit. It's in that last stage where it gets thrown off. Yeah. And after all could, that work, after all that work and no one commits like him. He will, yeah. he will <laughs> swing hard for the fences every single time. And if something else is off kilter, it can throw it off. But if it's all aligned with them, it's one of the best performances. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Totally. Adaptation is a prime example. Oh, of so good. All of this is working together well. And it's one of the best performances I, I have seen. Oh, that's uh, so good. Him in that. Uh, he, he's phenomenal in that. Well, there are a million things that I would love to talk about. We'll have to save it for another day. We are at the end of the episode. It's time to create something together. <gasps> and one idea I have is if somebody wanted to utilize opening up, being vulnerable, accepting and embracing what happened, like the, the person who you saw fall and then they turned it into a somersault. Mm -hmm. Or what you were doing as a kid, saying in character in public, like how could, if, if someone was inspired by that, what advice would you give to someone who would like to try that? I mean, I think, I don't know if I have any except other than just like, you have to try and then see what happens. And right. also knowing that you cannot control how people will react, but also say, you know, keep it peaceful. Yeah. And yeah. Well, I do think that like moving through the world and being like, very, very kind and open to everything. Like everything changes. It becomes a very magical experience of living when you're really kind and open to every person who you interact with, you get like, you get amazing responses and things just open up in a way because we're all, um, Ram Dass says, we're all just walking each other home. And I try to hold on to that because I think it reminds us that like, I mean, why would I try to explain a perfect thing? Anyway, you get it. <laughs> also something that I've really been loving doing is uh, it's an exercise. It's a Christopher Bay's exercise called, well, watch now. I don't even actually know if I'm doing it correctly, but I love it. 
the version that I've been playing. It's called I Love It because you set up students with 10 minutes to create an original number called I Love It. There's choreography, there's harmonies, there's a chorus, and each person gets a solo. And it's called I Love It because you love the thing that you're singing about. So I was going to say, obviously, we're, this is a podcast, but we can still improvise the I Love It song. And okay. so first we got to make a chorus. So how does our chorus go? And we have to harmonize. Oh, well, I can't sing, but okay. Me neither. Okay. Uh, I love, I love talking with new friends. Okay, so that'll be the chorus, if that's okay I with you. Love, love, I, I, I love, love talking, talking with, with, with new friends. friends. That's so good. Okay, and then each of us, <laughs> get a solo and then the chorus goes in the middle. So I'll solo first. Nothing feels as good as this. We're learning and sharing. I'm at home in my living room. I had a surgery on my epigastric hernia and laughing hurts, but yet I'm smiling and I love that. And then how did our chorus go? I, I love, love it. it. I talk, love talk, talking with, with new, new friends. friends. Your turn. <laughs> I love being inside because it's so hot outside. I love the air in the room. It's nice and cold and chill. I love. <laughs> I this love, is so good. <laughs> I love talking with, with new, new, new friends. friends. <laughs> oh, see? <laughs> no, okay. that's it. We're all done. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I love it. So. I do too. Isn't that nice? You just get to, and it's also, it is also something that you see like people. I mean, I assume that everyone does this when they're cohabitating with the person they love with, but like everybody's making up songs all the time, right? Like, Oh, it's time to get into the shower or whatever. So it's just, we just get to do that. You know, why not do it with friends? You know, I totally am there with you. (laughs) There it is. Thanks so much for being on the podcast, Tally. I am honored that you asked me. Thank you so much, Jason. What a pleasure. What a delight having them. And you can tell how much I adore Tally listening to that. Catch Tally in A Night of Wedding Speeches at Brooklyn Comedy Collective this Saturday at 8.30 p.m. Everything Everywhere All at Once is returning to theaters this Friday. And you can watch the Cocoon Central Dance Team short film Snowy Bing Bongs on Mubi and learn about clown class and more at tallymedell.com. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at There It Is Pod, and subscribe to our YouTube channel at There It Is, and follow me on Twitter at Jason Farr Jokes and Instagram at Jason Farr Picks. Also subscribe to our Comedy Lifestyle newsletter and support us if you can. We have a Patreon and a PayPal. Go to thereitispod.com for newsletter and support info. Links in bio. Great episode next week. Until next time, be good to each other. 
The music for the theme song was created by Neil Brooks. The rap was written and performed by Nick Acevedo. The logo for There It Is was created by Jeff Prater. The There It Is podcast is produced by Jason Farr.